Yeah, we are very happy to have her here because she's one of the very, very important uh, figures from the female pressure and uh, the whole series. Thank you to DBS School and Hannah for her like original mind and uh, really like enthusiasm to support women in uh, arts and electronic music and uh, in uh, global. So I'm very happy that uh, the cooperation happened. And uh, yeah, this is our first panel and we would like to just give you now the word to start a discussion. Um, Sarah is the facilitator. Hi. This is our visitor, uh, Antje, and uh, these are participants, even two spontaneous participants. So <laughs> it's about dialogue. Yeah, it will be a little bit prepared, but uh, you will see here. I give you the vote. Uh, but we are going with the intro, right? Yes. But uh, I would like to just like. Uh, uh, Take it over, please, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, the discussion for this um, whole five lecture series will be, we will be talking about why females don't study so much music production. And um, we're trying to basically find a solution in that or maybe some kind of answers um, at the end of the spring. And today's uh, discussion will be pretty much about visibility and the role of media and um, AGF probably knows a lot about this, uh, also being involved with the visibility blog, collaboration with um, Female Pressure. She's gonna probably tell us a little bit more about that later. Uh, do you guys wanna introduce yourselves now or should we let AG do it first or? You decide. All right, let's maybe, yeah, yeah let's go and like with probably like one, two sentences. Yeah, you can go ahead. Uh, I'm Ludovic, I come from France, Franco-Norwegian, uh, diploma student here at DBS. Uh, that's all I wanted to enter in the debate and maybe feel like being one uh, out of uh, a majority of other people. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. And, and which, which course are you in? Uh, music production. And uh, sound engineering? Or yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Not electronic music production, but yeah, more yeah. the sound engineering. Part. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually in Ludovic's class, uh, music production, sound engineering, and I'm Hannah. I'm from the states, uh, originally Rhode Island, which is the smallest state. Um, fun fact, but uh, I've been living in Los Angeles for the past five or so years before coming here, and I love rapping and singing, and I wanted to learn how to produce my own beats, so here I am. Yeah. So I'm Elisa, I'm from Poland and I'm doing fast track degree in uh, production and performance. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to join the discussion and wh what I've been doing pretty much when it comes to music is just exploring the sound and how I can express th things through it and yeah, looking forward. Um, I'm Tammy, I'm doing the diploma here for electronic music and performance. And I decided to come to the school because I was DJing on the side when I was living in New York and I really wanted to make my own music and the only way I knew how to do that was in a classroom setting. So that's kind of what attracted me to DBS. It's a perfect uh, bridge to um, how it happened for me because this is how I started in 93, <laughs> making electronic music. 
So I was also DJing on the side and I was playing in bands and I wanted to make my own sound because the boys really annoyed me with their guitar solos <laughs> and their drum ideas and I didn't like the sound of it and it was 93 so drum and bass was coming in and I was really into like different kind of sound and I didn't like the beer drinking atmosphere and the music making possibilities which I could find. So somebody... I complained about in a music store about this and um, I was probably also the only woman visiting this music store. Um, the guy said, I have something for you. Um, I have a, a computer. You can make electronic music <laughs> with that. And I'm like, yes! And it was like the time where um, Björk brought out her first record, the debut album. And I was like, that was, that was my vision. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna make my own music and I'm gonna write my own songs and I'm gonna make my own sounds and nobody's gonna fuck with it. So that was kind of, you know, I don't know, can I say this word here? <laughs> All that does. I don't know if that house is situation. Because you're filming. Anyway, that was really cool you saying this because, you know, back then you couldn't study electronic music anywhere. Like there was, you could study either classical music or jazz and nothing of both I had any experience in, nor was I very interested. So I would also never had been a possibility to get into those schools because you had to be crazy good and whatever you do. So yeah, this is, so this is before the internet and before YouTube and before tutorials, I studied MIDI. <laughs> it was terrible, seriously. It was pretty much terrible with these books to figure out that stuff alone. But, you know, I made it. So there was Commodore 64 portable, uh, this little SuperTrack software, and like floppy disk like this size, and um, this media interface which you could then connect to, you know, my synthesizer and other stuff. So I want to quickly, because it was so perfectly, I want to quickly talk about my how I became what I became, okay? And then we can go back to... Yeah, sure. And I can go really fast. So then after this, I, I advanced to the next computer, which was Atari and uh, Notator, which is the, pre the software which was before Logic. So Logic came out of Notator. And there were already like better, floppy, like better disks happening, and um, the software was quite interesting. And actually, the first Laub record, which I had a record deal with, was made on this on this software entirely by myself in Friedrichshain on Ostkreuz <laughs> working in a cafe during, during the normal days and nights and then writing the, the record with, two, with one other person yeah so and then yeah I was just determined to do this I thought you know if other people can do this I can do this too and that's my studio around 99 I already had a record deal I already toured with that band Laub through Germany. Uh, the label was called Kittio, it's unfortunately gone. Mm -hmm. But it was an indie label in Berlin back then. <laughs> it was really fun times and um, we've been touring a lot and having some minor indie success or something. So, and this is so I've been working on the Akai um, sampler and MPC and I had a Mackie mixer and my Atari and this, my um, Kurzweil. Um, Keyboard, yeah, I was I worked a lot sample based, so back then there wasn't so much portable stuff yet, so I couldn't go 
easily and record stuff everywhere, but just like, like not happening. But this, there's a dot machine. I don't know who knows a dot mm. machine still. Mm. <laughs> like that was how you would then finalize your mixes, you know, and oh my God, I already forgot everything about that. So, and then I kept doing records and I started performing and I started to do solo music entirely about that time because somehow um, we had a little bit of success abroad and people were asking and so I started to travel internationally. Also, for instance, Goethe Institute in Germany invited us to go around. So I more had also international audiences and suddenly I thought, hmm, maybe I would like to be more express myself more on a global level. I'm a big internet fan, so internet was very important to me. So I had people talk from all over the world back to me and I felt like, okay, maybe I want to open up and do more, not just work for German, because I've been, I've used German language and I've did sing in German. I wanted to be more international. So that's also, I made it happen here. The first look at that Mac computer, Mac laptop, that was, that was, that was, that was, Seriously, the revolution of my life. <laughs> when that computer came and I could buy the machine for me, you know, what's so normal to most of you, us now, it's, it wasn't normal. It was an absolutely, the, there was the freedom. And suddenly I could write music, I got Max MSP, I started a little bit programming, um, I made my own instruments or developed other instruments further and it was just heaven. So I was really capable of writing my own sound. That was amazing. So I started traveling the world, and then I had a part. Oh, I, I found a partner, which also is a music producer. So we shared that's his studio. He's crazy about gear, not as much as I am. Some of you might know him, but so I was able to use all that stuff. We made records <laughs> together, <laughs> and it's now gone. So no. But then I kept traveling, different setups, playing live a lot. And then I had this uh, kind of <clears throat> phase where I st stopped uh, actually being so much interested in performing in, in clubs and, and, and music stages. I was kind of fed up with it, maybe, I don't know, also my personal life. I was more interested going outside and nature and also I had a child, so I felt like I want to actually I don't want to go in a club. It stinks and it's everybody smokes and gets drunk and I don't want to do that. I don't want to be there, you know, like very, I just tell very truthfully how it has been. And I started to think about how can I make music still do what I really like, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go to those places. I, I do this, I still do music, which is the, the most thing, which is most satisfying, most, um, incredible and I do it where where I like to be in so I started to t make these artists and residence projects in different places in the world and I went outside and tried to play <laughs> um, and you know record the environment feed it back to software use my voice as well and and make these kind of like hybrid um, kind of strange music to basically nobody or to the non-humans or to the mountains and I played to the birds and to whoever was there. This is Lapland, northern part of uh, Finland, so it's really no people. And uh, it actually, uh, the highest point of this adventure <clears throat> has been last year when I w went back there with a bunch of professional musicians and we, we did a Sonic Wild Coat group and we went every day for one week into the nowhere and we played music in the middle of somewhere. 
it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about this today, but this is a whole total, total new kind of adventure which I'm undertaking, and it's 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 incredible, beautiful. But you know, actually, I'm going to play the track we recorded in that stone field. I'm going to play it in Berghain tomorrow night. Yes. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> you know, I'm so excited about this because nobody will obviously probably know, but I'm going to play it in Berghain really loud. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this Lapland thing. And actually, I played this track also to a Sami herder. Do you know who Sami? This is a native mm. tribe who lives originally there. They're stateless. And they have they have reindeers. That's their only business, basically. And I showed it to one of them, which I had access to. And he came and he looked at it. Goes 20 minutes like this, like stuff like that. Very minimal. Very you know, some synthesizers going on and feedbacks and stuff. So it's very very abstract. And he looked at it for 20 minutes without a word. And he said, "Can I see it again?" <laughs> and almost nothing happened. I was like, seriously? He was like, yeah, and he loved it. He said, you behave, you play like you are stones. So wow. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, totally different th topic. <laughs> so, but actually, interesting because uh, going outside, of course, requires um, portable equipment. And uh, I started as soon as it was available. I go go more and more light. I'm now working actually a lot with iPad, <laughs> and I do a lot of stuff on tablet and in in, uh, in music apps these days because um, because of going outside was so interesting and first I did I, of course I still work in a studio and I produce in Logic and so on but um, yeah because I went outside that became you know more and more interesting and also I did something else this is my life setup right now it became so minimal I'm so happy without a laptop isn't that amazing <laughs> So it's just uh, the iPad and the cast pad and a little freezer and oh actually there's something which underneath this device is not in the live set. That would be amazing though. This uh, even tight um, effect processor. I'll quickly show one more thing to finalize this because um, I also started working with kids uh, on that island where I live in Finland and I make um, app music with them. So we make building little groups and uh, each group is like a band, and one plays bass, one plays beats, one plays noise, and they're like, I call them iPad orchestra. <laughs> uh, it's already since quite a while, like I do this since 2012 or 11, so I'm also critical of the iPad kind of situation and of the like corporate Apple, you know, closed system situation, but um, I've wanted to do this because these kids have those devices anyway and I want to teach them to do, be creative with them instead of just eat the shit they get fat by corporate, you know, gaming or whatever. So we, I made music with lots of kids and with adults, um, also making camps lately on where I am. So this is some sort of new field techno experience here. Yeah, so... And I make electronic music, I made 25 records, or 30 now, 30 actually, with lots of different people. I also made one techno record. <laughs> Usually it's quite crazy stuff, but it's more a very voice deconstructed. Um, yeah, I was just wondering, like, um, mm -hmm. how was your path 
to actually, or how did you decide to come into music? Like you've used a lot of voice and visuals and stuff like that. Like how did you actually decide to go into the music world and start producing? Yeah, as I said, I was in a I was in a band and I was writing the songs. Actually, I the, it started with a guitar. Um, you know, my mom gave me a guitar when I was 14, and I wanted to be like Bob Dylan and John Lennon and stuff. That was that was the stuff I wanted to do. This write these like like incredible songs, and I did that in my childhood until like maybe I was 20 or something, and then I played in bands and. You know, when you're young, you have all these crazy ideas, what you want to be and how you want to be. And I was playing, I mean, most embarrassing things. <laughs> Incredible embarrassing. So nobody knows, luckily, because back then there was no internet. That's actually a lesson. Because I was lucky, seriously. I was so lucky because this stuff is not out there. Nobody knows how terrible things I did and embarrassing things. So that's quite good. Also has no pictures of me, looking really embarrassing. But I did one thing. When I got that computer, the first thing I showed this, this portable old Commodore, I moved to London for a year. I had not, I, because I'm from East Germany, and the wall came down and I was 19, and I was really shocked. I was really out of it. I didn't know what the heck's happening, and I didn't know who I am and, and what I am, so I decided I'm not going to be anything for a moment. I skipped all my schools, everything, and I just went into some wildlife, Berlin mostly, and... Um, yeah, I, I needed to have a break from what I wanted to be. Nothing was anymore the same. So um, I just ran around and dropped everything I could get and did play in bands all the time. And um, and then I was like 23, 24, and I got started panicking. I was starting to, I worked in a bar and I was really interested in music. So they asked me if I would DJ and I started DJing. And then I played every Tuesday and then the Tuesday got really successful. And then they gave me the Saturday and then I rocked like some small city club, you know, every Saturday night, like thousand drunk kids. And it, I didn't like it, but it was money actually. So the first time I made money out of music, that was interesting because I think actually music production, and that's a point when we talk about media, music production is a lot about money as mm -hmm. well, right? About gear, it's about like owning mm -hmm. what you, do you need to own that stuff? That's why I'm telling the story, this man gave me this computer, it was everything. Now, 20 years later, I thanked him. You know, I, I really sent him a big package because he, he basically changed my life with giving me gear. So do you feel like your environment was somehow like motivating you to get into music more? Because that can be a No, and then when subject. I was like about like I started DJing and stuff, I realized um, I now have to make something happen with my life. I had high expectations at myself. I wanted to be, I wanted to have meaningful life. I didn't want to just be uh, whatever, in a, working in a bar or something. So I realized um, either I'm going to get go study something or... I always wanted to study philosophy or thoughts like things like that. But then I was really into music already. I was very curious. And I thought maybe, I also realized that I have some sort of talent perhaps. Like whenever I did it, it worked kind of okay. Like people liked it and I got was always quite easily successful. I don't know how if I'm just lazy, but it happened that I felt encouraged by that too. 
And um, so I thought maybe I could take the risk and maybe I could become a, a musician mm. and, and, and as, as a, an independent artist. I was thinking this, you know, a little bit, dreaming this up. And of course, everybody was like, are you crazy? <laughs> it wasn't like that today where it's kind of normal almost like, you, you know, it's, yeah. So I decided to go to London for a year and I got there and I thought I'm going to find a job and then I'm going to play in, in pops and I'm going to really make it and you know, like that stuff. And, um, but then I got there and the job center gave me money because I was East German and they gave me uh, social benefits and housing benefits. <laughs> that was awesome. So I thought, okay, nobody ever gave me anything. I haven't studied, I never got supported. I'm going to take this money and I'm going to study electronic music by myself. And I got up seven in the morning and I learned keyboard and programming and MIDI. <laughs> you know? I thought, nice this is fun. my shot now. I thought, this is, is, I'm going to self-educate myself to, to be this musician. And um, then I'm going to just put stuff out and, you know, see what happens. And, and then end of this year in London, it was really drum bass time. It was awesome. 93 in Hackney, exactly where Cafe Otto is now. I lived exactly there. It was really crazy. And um, I played in pubs as well. I did my shows and stuff. But um, I suddenly felt this, this draw from Berlin. Berlin was drawing me. Uh, Berlin in the 90s was just flipping amazing. I mean, it's now good too, but <laughs> there, was a, there was a depression, I would say. So it was really in interesting and intriguing. And the first German, I was also really interested in German language to use this in electronic music. I wouldn't say that was successful, but I was really into that. So um, yeah, I went back to Berlin and then I found a label and built something up with the label. Yeah, that's how it happened. And then I, I could make money, and then I said, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. And I don't, I've done it now since, yeah, since 96. Anybody it's sometimes hard, but I'm doing it. And it's just like, you know, like, involve the audience, uh, like, pardon, the, the panelists. Do you have similar kind of, like, path? Yeah, it would be nice to hear, mm -hmm. like, your paths, how, how you kind of ended up in... For example, the school. Something you know what was said right now with the story that's interesting for us too. We wanna hear also you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. I yeah, I had a corporate job. I was doing something completely different and got involved in kind of DJing on the side and was like, I want to learn how to produce this kind of music. And I think as most people, you learn an instrument when you're young. So I did a double bass and was really into art. And then had this like point of oh let me get a proper let me go to university and then you're in university let me get a proper corporate job and kind of ditch the art thing um so that's kind of like my path in terms of like the what kind the, of music did you dj uh kind of techno and house it, mm -hmm. which is funny because when i was growing up i wasn't really into it <laughs> i found it super like oh it just sounds the same but i realized i was mm -hmm. listening to the wrong mm -hmm. type of thing and when i was djing in new york i was mainly djing more hip-hop mm -hmm. and, and trap and then sort of my tastes have evolved and it's become kind of more sounding like Afro House and, and techno, so, yeah. And I kind of see the production side of things as, for me, it's storytelling. Like, it's, it's, I mean, I love music, but it could be any medium that I use just to express myself. So it happens to be music. I'm into film and cinema as well, and mm. I hope one day to create content around that tells stories. So that's kind of how I see it.
Nice. Yeah. And you? Yeah, I, I've never really been into electronic music before I started studying it. I sort of started studying it because I felt like that would just give me independence and and I would just be in charge of everything I do. And then I really discovered what sound meant to me. And I just felt like, I really felt I could express myself through the sound and then found, you know, all the other things I wanted to express through sound, but I was not necessarily into like, um, I don't know, DJing or, or ele electronic music per se. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think the, what I was craving the most and still is just to have this, you know, I decided to go to school to become more fluent and less inhibited in, in you know, the process of, of mm -hmm. making my own things and expressing myself. And I, yeah, so it, I think this independence was the most tempting for me in electronic music is that you don't, you have to, you know, you can use so many different things and um, there's so many different genres, but it's it's just about like you being free to 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 express whatever mm -hmm. you want and mm -hmm. be in charge and not be dependent on, yeah, and mm -hmm. not be inhibited. So that's why I got to electronic music and then I discovered so much more and yeah, John the exp uh, inspiration from so many different things and still in school and outside of the school I just really develop you know, my interest, so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have something to add here? Or like, what, what was your paths or, um, <clears throat> like, do you feel your environment was helping you to get motivated into getting to uh, music production and... Yeah. Do you, do you, okay. Um, <laughs> mine's a funny story. <laughs> I was... Uh, I went to university and then dropped out and then went back and dropped out. And I was like, I don't want to spend tons and tons of money. I don't really know what I want to do. And then I found this university where it was like a really progressive program. You could make it whatever you wanted it to be. So um, we had to do this project and I wanted, there was this music video of these little black kids in Missouri And they had this rap song called Hot Cheetos and Talkies. Mm -hmm. Like they're rapping about this like mm -hmm. snack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it'd be so fun to do a parody of this and like just, you know, like rap in the schoolyard and whatever. So I got a bunch of people together and we like wrote this rap song and, and then we put a video, like we made this music video and it was a joke. Like it was a straight up joke. But then after that, like me and these boys kept rapping and, and getting together on, on weekends and, and listening to beats and writing music. And then by the end of it, I was like performing at my school and it just, it like snuck up on me and I was like, Who, what, when did I become a rapper? <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, yeah, and yeah, and then it got to a point where I was like, I would love to, to bring another voice to hip hop. Hip hop's so male dominated, you know? So, um, yes. That's yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I'm going from. I'm begging all the MC, like all the female MCs, please bring out albums. There's so little albums of female rappers. It's incredible. Yeah. Like in UK, all these crime girls. Yeah. There's so many. They're amazing. None of them has an album. Right. I don't understand. Yeah. You know. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this since years. Um, but also listening, everything comes out and stuff. Yeah, great, fantastic. Yeah, uh, I don't know about like my path. I came to music quite early, but <clears throat> I had uh, an environment quite uh, helping for like, I mean, do doing music on the side, like, but never 
looking at it like a profession. So I, after uh, my abitur, I went to a, like a business school. Um, I just recently felt like, okay, it's definitely not how you want to make your life. Yeah. <laughs> Why I came here and yeah, so I started with saxophone, then guitar, bass, uh, and uh, Ableton. Yeah. I'm like. I'm trying to mix it all together with some writing this year. So would you agree with um, like that, that, for example, in your case, it's pretty obvious that your environment was actually like motivating you or pushing you in a direction that you didn't even know was um, there, but you kind of found yourself through that maybe. Do you feel like the environment um, kind of leads us into music or not? It can like, um, I know it's... Uh, Anything goes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. the environment can also pre prevent people from becoming exactly. musicians, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was it's thinking. Really, I don't know, it's probably... <coughs> yeah, definitely in terms of like, if, if you think about why girls are not so much into music production, mm -hmm. it definitely exactly. is, of course, a, you mm -hmm. know, long story of like... Cultural environment cultural and... Every, like, domination basically yeah. and also economically as I said already before and, and visibility and so on yeah. but it's kind of like electronic music production is closely tied to like technology within if you think of Silicon Valley and the same conversations yeah. are mm. happening there and I just mm. think it goes back to like you said as when you're a yeah. child not not playing with like computer gadgets and stuff and forcing being forced to play well, there's this and, one coder yeah. woman who said um <laughs> you want to know how to get girls into coding so we don't mm. push them out of it don't even you know don't push them out of it because mm. they're there as everybody else but at some point that mm. push happens yeah. and then i don't know the boys take over or mm. the girls have not enough encouragement or they have not enough fe uh, role models mm. or they don't you know and also history has been told wrongly there is often uh, there is often a uh, a story of female pioneers and female, you know, but they're always disappearing. There was just recently in America, this uh, Hollywood, the new uh, Steve Jobs film, they've casted all the women out who were in the original Apple team. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah. It's really amazing. Like, they made the second Steven, jo Steven Jobs movie now. With Michael Fassbender. With Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the original team was 10 people or 11, and four were women and seven men. And they casted all the girls out. None of them got a role. Why? <laughs> That's exactly... That's exactly the point. And that's not just the first coder was a woman ever. You know, the woman who first wrote the first algorithm was Ada Lovelace, who was a woman. So the history telling is also so very much, it's very complex, but mm. you know. So now I think we could go to the role of media at this point and um, probably like role models would be interesting to hear <coughs> everyone's role model. You said you got inspired by Björk's first album. In the beginning I was, um, yeah. I thought the the sonic vision was at that time that time I liked a lot and how unique it was and the electronic music there, um, yeah, and the beats and stuff. So, yeah. could you say that she was your like role model in music, or was there someone else before you know, her? It was every year somebody else, kind yeah. of, mm -hmm. you know, and. Um, <clears throat> And it's also many, as older I get, as more people are there. You know, I'm inspired equally by um, 
like now I listen to everything, you know, and I, I'm inspired by everything. <coughs> but back then mm. I felt, of course, I need something to to look at where I can go to, you know. Mm. And there was in me. I know now that it's not true that there have been actually a lot of women working in electronic music forever. I've made that research, but. Uh, back then I didn't know. I knew that I heard that Missy wrote beats, you know, and produced. That was the only thing I've heard. People said you couldn't find online. You still can't mm -hmm. find a proof online that mm -hmm. she ever does that. Mm -hmm. So actually, I don't know. You know, there's no proof that Missy actually produces. They say and she says, but um, there's no vis visual proof of it or anything. So, mm -hmm. and also Björk has been so quiet about it. I was actually angry when she spoke out last year saying, um, I was almost angry at her because I was like, how long have you been silent on this? You know, you've been like, you could have said something 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, she was so famous, you know, but Beyonce had to come and put the feminist on stage or something. <laughs> you know, I'm actually really also inspired by Beyonce. I thought it was awesome that she did that, you know, yeah. like, I have nothing to do with that music and that culture, but in terms of like mainstream, you know, mm -hmm. music, but mm -hmm. But I was I was very grateful that and even if it is um, you know a fashionable thing to do right now it was great so I don't know what was I inspired with I, but we were when we were in Berlin in the nineties there was a crew when there was Peaches right so I was already working touring and then Peaches came and and there was a push for us to do more you know be more confident and stuff. Or there were actually a few women writers, Barbara Morgenstern, mm -hmm. um, Quarks, there was a few bands back then in Berlin where, where females were actually writing and producing and make, having, yeah. So it was, I wasn't, and actually, and that's the reason why I got into this female pressure thing, because in the 90s it seemed to me that this is going to be fine. I felt, I'm doing it, other people do it, we're all doing it and it's going to be just fine. Now is our time, we're getting, we're going there. You know, there will be more women and we will be more and it's going to be fine. And then... <clears throat> it's nice. Around 2010, I started to look at the music festivals and I got really pissed mm. off. It was like every <coughs> of my favorite music festival had one woman on the, mm. like we are here now, one mm. man. It was always <laughs> like that. And either I was there, or Hutrun Gut was there, or, you know, mm. like the typical, like that we were like few women in my field who were then always there and were that one woman. We wouldn't get booked all, it was more of us. It was mm. very rare. So I was like, I got really, and I watched that for a few years, and then I was really, I became a member of Female Pressure. I quickly tell the story. Yeah, okay? sure. Um, so I, Female Pressure was founded in 98 by Electric Indigo, a woman from uh, Austria, Vienna, uh, called Susanne Kirchmeier. She's a um, techno DJ, I think. Yes. yes. Um, and an electronic music producer now. And um, so it is, has, the network has existed for a really long time. And I, for instance, joined in 2004, just the email list. And I've been hanging out there and uh, just lurking and it was kind of uneventful. We would sometimes post stuff and discuss, but there wasn't yet SoundCloud or stuff. So, you know, it was just fights about... <laughs> was it just a uh, subscription to the email? Yeah, the subscription beginning? to the email, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. By the way, to all girls in the house, and I don't know, we should open up to men, I think. Become member of Female Pressure. It's a pretty mm -hmm. cool network. Mm -hmm. 
It's also <laughs> totally anarchistic. It's grassroots. There is no rules. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> you know, everybody can do what they want. You check in the back, and you get, of course, you get. You, you, something happens if you do something which nobody wants, but it's quite interesting in terms also of network building. I think it's kind of self-organized. You just become member, and then you can either join the Facebook site if you are on Facebook friends. I'm not at all, and never know what's happening in that department. Or you know, you can do whatever within this network. But also, it's not necessary. You can do whatever. I'm just saying, it's also sometimes really nice to have a crew. You see, because. That's what I'm saying. We, we've been isolated a lot by being this one woman on the festival. Always, this is, this is the special woman. She is the only one who can do it. You know, and so you, for a while you think like, I'm the special woman, yeah. And then I'm like, no, I know out of my hand, I know 50 girls like me. You know, exactly the same, the same. So why am I here alone? So this is what I started to ask in 2013. Um, I screamed out on the list and said, what the heck? And then all the girls went, yeah! <laughs> and then we were like, let's count. And then we counted. And we counted all electronic music festivals, all labels and um, clubs. And then the 93 ratio or something came out and we published it on Women's Day and actually got a lot of press because of that. So it went quite viral, I would say. That first study, we had some nice visuals with it. It's called the Fact Studies. You can also see it on the Female Pressure website. That's the website. So there's this database. This is the main site. Anyway, you can figure it out. We have done several things. I just quickly want to tell this. So we make the Fact study Studies. Then next year, Club Transmediale asked me or several people to write something on female pioneers. And I suggested to write uh, what kind of concept I would use, and I said I want to bring in as many as, as, I, as I can find. I don't want to just write about you know uh, the three famous ladies we know, like the same all the time, Eliana Dig, and which I love dearly. But you know, so I said I'm going to bring out everybody. So, and I got the, sh the job, and I I made a research for one month. I found as much as I could find. Pioneers, like my kind of like criteria was that each of them should have done something new. Yeah, because of course there's more, much more, and many I don't know. But I looked for somebody who did something new. So this is online, it's called Nerd Girls. And um, I also made, it was published in the Club Transmediale magazine in 2014. And I also published it online. And then um, I had like 100 plus 10 more women there. And you have no idea what this list made. Like, it's incredible. Wherever I go, young girls come to me, like sometimes 15, 16, and thank me for that list. I get emails from young people. They can barely talk or something. They say, thanks. And I'm like, what for? <laughs> you know, they don't even say why. They just say thanks. Like, that's the only thing I ever did or something. I don't know. But, but you know, they really write me, thank you. It's it's so nice to see that, and that's the role model, that's the media, yeah. that's the visibility. <laughs> so after I did this, and then I did a mix, which actually was then picked out also just recently by um, Open Culture, an online um, archive of media which is weird or necessary to preserve, but no, doesn't fit in libraries or something. And they picked it out and made a post out, so it's now really actually 
official. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is an archive then? This is in that they featured in their archive, yeah. yeah it's really, it was really awesome because I suddenly got so much more listens, you know, for the, for the list, yeah. So that was a great project, the Nerd Girls, and then Björk spoke out, and I again went to the list and said, girls, how about we all post on Women's Day a picture of us with our gear, because she was saying, I don't want to be photographed when I'm producing. Björk said that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. But I was like, why don't we all post a photo of us working, mm -hmm. you know? In the working situation, no press photos, no pretty photos, mm -hmm. nothing hot, just <laughs> us working. <laughs> And, um, and the list was, yay! And then nobody did anything. So a week before New Year's, a week before Women's Day, I put that together. Yeah, because Overnight, I collected a hundred names, all my friends, <laughs> and I put it out. And then I had to stop working for one month. I couldn't do anything else. It was crazy. I've got phone calls. Huffington Post from America called me. Like um, all sorts of newspapers, they want to talk about it, and because of this connection with Björk, Björk retweeted it, so um, we got really good visibility going on. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't seen the site, that you really have to go and see it because I made it. Now it's 400 plus, maybe 430 mm -hmm. women, and I stopped actually half a year ago because I couldn't anymore spend so much time with that. I still get submissions. You can all submit. Send me just. Your, your picture and I put it up as soon as I can but I'm not anymore pushing so hard in the beginning I was really and I was also looking for diversity I didn't want to only have you know Berlin post techno girls there so I was really researching hard and, and also in Asia and, and Central like I was looking everywhere so I've asked everybody I knew and begged everybody to tell me send me pictures and then was whatever jacuzzi lady um, Sasha was just in, touring in Asia, so she sent me pictures from, I was in this club and there was the sound engineer, woman in like Bangladesh. And I took this picture and I was like, yes! <laughs> you know, I wanted to have really like um, diversity, inclus inclusive situations, you know, I pushed really hard. So that's why this also, there was, it's not open. I curated and I only have uh, access to it so far because I really had to make sure that the pictures are actually women at work because still women send me pictures of them like this, mm. you know, and then there is a mic or something. And I was like, no, I can't use this picture. I'm sorry. Mm. You need to make it a little bit more yeah. production. This is a production page. So this was actually, I was really busy. I had sometimes three, four emails with one, some of those women. I have also got the, all the old pioneers in, you know, all the, our proud um, ladies from the past and then so I, I put people up myself and then people put themselves up there or like so that was a great experience and it's really beautiful when you scroll through and you see all these women I think when was this really 2015 or 14 that was just last year yeah so that was our last year's um women's day action so to speak mm -hmm. uh, actually i have it here online so it's it. like so it's pretty it's Amazing an endless, that we have like it's an endless scroll yeah. and actually when I published it I wrote every promoter every journalist everybody mm -hmm. an email I know everybody I knew I wrote listen guys <laughs> <laughs> and I was like this is not gonna make me friends I might not play for a year or two <laughs> but I was like fuck that I had a job at that time <laughs> I was like I expect from you people mm to book 
inclusive. If you are a curator and you're not working inclusive, including diversity, you know, in all sorts of ways, mm. I think you're not a good curator and I expect you at this point, and if you don't think there's women in electronic music, I have something here for you, you can look it up, it's really, there is always an image, a link and a... <laughs> and that was it. You know, and since then there was nobody who replied on this email. By the way, I sent it to like I sent it to maybe oh two God. or three friends of mine. Women wrote back, "Holy shit!" or something like that. <laughs> but um, nobody replied. But I don't know if you have looked at the Club Transmedia Festival this year and the ratio. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I looked it up. It was pretty nice. Yeah. So this is ongoing really long and it's fun and it's like just also a really nice cultural study. I was thinking, you know, see all these people and their expression of their, their gear and their work and how they, they like it, yeah. So it's it's fun. So like visibility like this, we didn't have when we were younger, right? Like, like it's completely different today than it was before. We Like now we could just go to this page, look someone up and see, hey, this is a role model for me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like when we were growing up, I don't know, like... Celine Dion was a role model or something like this, like because the media gives someone in front of you, but uh, if you don't have a background like a family or someone who would introduce different role models, that's what you get, what the media gives you. So yeah, getting back to the role models, I would really love to hear like who were your role models in your growing, growing, um, growing to be a musician or a music listener actually, like and. When and how do you think you got those role models? Uh, won't speak maybe about my role models. Oh yeah, do please. No, please. I mean, but more uh, like related to the subject, like the media, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, I have like this feeling, like media kind of funneling. Uh, I mean, you had, as you said, uh, with Nerd Girls. Uh, an incredible diversity with women and you have like this funneling into categories etc like you have uh, the feminine role model for this for that for etc and it seems like we it's getting better now because of the internet etc you have more uh, open initiatives etc to show more of this diversity but it's uh, hard to get past uh, past this point maybe mm. it was yeah uh, about my role models i don't know i haven't given it a thought <laughs> anyone want to add something well um <clears throat> i mean i remember i remember uh trl on mtv yeah it? yeah and like <laughs> watching music videos like uh like Aaliyah and Missy Elliott and like Queen Latifah and but then there was a dip like you're saying like waves this mm -hmm. there was a dip and then by like the late um <coughs> I don't know like by 2008-2009 there really were no the the people like Lauren Hill and, and Missy like were sort of on a lull and then like there there were and then more recently you could say Nicki Minaj, Iggy, uh, back. Yeah, Az Azalea. Yeah. For me, like uh, those, that's not representative of like me and what of I'm course. about. Um, I I relate more to like these older school mm -hmm. like 
women. So, um, so yeah, it's been interesting to see see that that dip. Yeah, it's like, like it seems like it's going strong and like yeah, there are women in hip hop and everything. And then you you give it a good look and you're like, but what are they really representing here? Like, what are they saying? How are they portraying me as as a female today in 2015? But they're just others. There is also Angel Hayes, and there is right. uh, and there is Azealia Banks. Azealia there's, Banks. Um, there's many. Um, at least in America, I feel there is mm. a bunch. Yeah. You sure. know, and they're of course not as successful because they're having different tools. They're using mm. different tools, but they're at least coming back. Sure. I feel also it's coming mm. really back, and, yeah. and that's why I'm also I thinking. I think maybe sometimes it's necessary that somebody like Nikki, you know, pushes a little bit a door open to mm. have that back because yeah. I felt. I felt like you. I was really shocked. I actually produced a hip hop record in that time with a, with an MC from Berlin, with a female MC, and nobody gave a shit. Seriously, nobody. Mm. And the record is not bad. I mean, it's not like maybe the most amazing record, but you know, at that time nobody listened to a woman. This mm. is also so interesting. Listening to women, you know. I mean, here are a few men in the audience. I've I've also noticed that men don't listen to women. It's really, unfortunately, very sadly true. They also don't read books who are written by women and they also don't, I don't say you guys specifically, but you know, <laughs> I just notice, I, I ask them often and I notice they don't, you know, if it's written by a woman, the film is made by a woman, the guys don't watch it, so they don't mm. listen to us and that that's actually why I'm now we're making this for Java action because I'm saying, start listening to us, we actually have really something to offer and it could also enrich your life, you know. It's like, um, it's it's also something very curious that, of course, I guess, that is not something you guys do on purpose or whatever my partner does on purpose. He just looks for his crowd, you know? He looks for his influences. It's normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's hard if you have nothing to look at and yeah. see, look, she did it. She did it like this and that's not my style, but she did it. And that's mm. something I want to say about... Actually, can I have one more dark light? Because I have prepared that, sorry. <laughs> um, so we're making this Rojava action. This is for this year, for this news, Women's Day. We also have a, on, Club, uh, on Transmediale, we have a panel on that. If you want to come, it's on Saturday. Um, so what I'm saying is we need diverse voices in music as well. If electronic music wants to be something cool, it wants to stay something cool and not be some lame-ass schlager one day, it has, to, it has to really go back to, to that kind of like, you know, social, political, like, like interesting agendas, like, you know, techno, whatever it is, it can collect, can get, can get people together and, and, and in a different way, you know, and it's like, this is how it was in the 90s, and then it was for a long time, it was like, I don't know what it was, I don't want to say anything, but it wasn't, maybe it wasn't, it was tourism, maybe it was money, maybe it was post 9-11 terror threat, you know, depression, or I don't know, but it was really not good, I think, and these days I feel it's coming back, and so I think <clears throat> that's one point, and I think we need a, that's what I already said, we need a clear demand towards curators and cultural producers to program diverse and inclusive. Because when I saw Dina Abdelbahad play, who saw her? Did anybody see her play? She played uh, in the beginning, the first, like, oh, my brain. She just played a few days ago at the Transmediale. 
There were like 300 people listening to this Tunisian woman alone over a lot of gear and like totally super strong, beautiful, amazing beats, amazing voice, incredible skills on the tack. She, she was just, and she was so diverse. She was playing beats, she was doing <coughs> theater, she was doing field recording, she had recorded other people. And I was like, holy shit, there's this woman, and now everybody's listening to her. That's exactly what I mean, what we need. Like, we need to listen, you know? That's the whole point about music, that you actually listen mm. to the other, right? Mm. So that's what I was saying. And in terms of media, I want to say, we are the media, you know, these days. We are the media, and I took this shot just now from my SoundCloud today. It's not very proud numbers, as you can see, but I don't care. So <laughs> we had just through the Rojava action, we had, action, we had two really good <coughs> visibility. We had this buyer announcement, and we had on tracks in France an article. So these tracks are in, in, on my website, so you can see even an article in the wire and in the trucks gives you that much place, you know. And the other stuff is my own fan, is my own crowd. It's just people who came to me because they know me or whatever, they follow me or something. So, you know, it actually, I don't know if we need media so much like that. I don't know. Of course, it's amazing if you get a feature on Fact or Fader or wherever, you know, like whatever it is what you're after. But <coughs> Um, we are the media. Do you we feel can like do our own stuff? Do you feel like in a, when, like uh, with internet and the possibility of new technology and everything, we have a better chance as female producers to actually go in the world? I think so. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is still enough factors, which you know, there's so much more. It's so much more complex and rich, right? how we have to, um, yeah, but what I was saying, if electronic music or whatever, this like underground, if we want to be relevant and be meaningful, we have to really, we cannot be like the bank sector mm -hmm. or, you know, the others. We, we, have, we, we have to be really true, true to our values and say, um, we are not about, um, you know, who is the hottest DJ and who is like doing that. And it's, it's about, us, you know, listening to each other and being like something together and mm. maybe not exactly, and we are very different, you mm. know. I'm, for instance, a huge Nicki Minaj fan, although she's very different from me, you know, but I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but but I'm a huge, huge fan of her because also, even she's the, but it's maybe also because I'm older, you know, I, mm. I already have my career, I can say I adore her, I think she's super, super amazing in this special way, and um. I, I'm grateful to her for the things she spoke out to. In, in, her way, in her way of feminism, it's really not my way of feminism. Mm. I've never been anywhere without clothes when I make music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would never ever do that. That's just, again, I have nothing, I'm not prude or anything. I'm from GDR, we were naked all the time. It's not about that. <laughs> you know, it's not about that. It's just about, I don't want to be I don't want to have my physical appearance in the way of my music, so that's what I think. But that's me, you know? And Nikki is saying, I'm a proud woman, I have boobs, and I'm like so beautiful, and she is, you know? So she's doing that. I mean, this is, I think it has a, re it has a power too. I think it does have an amazing 
strong feminist power too. It's just a different feminism. And I think that's something we've been talking with Angela Dimitrakaki in this loop. Luca and I made something together about feminism lately with a feminist academic who says who is, she's very scared that we women and feminists never come together. You know, and that was so strong to me that she said it like that because mm -hmm. it's really true. Like, why are we fighting with the black feminists and why are we fighting with, you know, these mm -hmm. other... No. Mm -hmm. Everybody can be how the heck they want, naked, mm -hmm. boobs or not. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It matters that you express yourself the way you want, and it's of course she's gonna have more success because of the boobs. That's fine, you know. If this is your decision, I mean, this is pure money. You can make your your. You can say, do I want to have that money? Okay, you know, it's it's like that. So, I think we should hold together, and it would be, it would be awesome to to accept our differences, and this is also diversity, not just for men, and that goes for men by the way too. You guys have the next. My emancipation to do, right? Like, after we now kick ass, you guys have to really get yourself together because this is going to be really tough too for lots of men. And I, I totally feel you because you are men. You have totally different rules than we have. Like, how you... Um, how do you say? I don't know, get kicked... Like, when you're little boys, you know, how they get kicked ass. I don't know, I, I hear that from other men that they get beaten up and they're different or something like that, you know, like if they're sensitive or something. So this is something between men and we have this thing, we have to accept us that we are in ourselves very, very different. And that's so cool. And there's no reason to be the same, you see. And that's also my lecture, my thing with Nicki Minaj because um, I made a... I'm, Actually, I made a mix of her. I cut all the choruses out of all her songs and only used the raps. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was really successful, and it was even a, I even had a media co media coverage with her and my face together. Yeah. <laughs> it's online; you can see it. Like it's 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 hilarious because you know I look like she, and she's like makeup and but it's 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 we have to collaborate and just oh don't worry about these differences. They're, they're awesome. So that's something I would like to say to the girls solidarity I also wrote it down somewhere because I was thinking about this resist media reports of the single exceptional woman yeah mm -hmm. this is complete bullshit encourage other women all the time you know sometimes people come to me and ask me how do you do it with a child super relevant question for a woman right how do you make music without how do you tour with a child how do you do that can I have a child and I remember when I was in my 30s, I was asking every woman I met backstage, whoever I was asking, I was making researches, can I have a child? I really want to be an electronic successful musician. I want to do this. I want to play the game. But can I have a child? You know, that stuff like that. Like, there's so much other stuff mm. which plays into this. Solidar solidarity with other women, even they're different than you. Enthusiasm for different kind of women is what I just said. Safe spaces for women, and that's, for instance, something like female pressure, a space where you can actually say something which you're absolutely not sure about. Like, when I started the Rojava act action, I was, um, I was not sure about it, because there's military women, they're fighting with guns, I was very scared, or like, I'm a pacifist, a white, privileged pacifist, you know, I was like, can I be with them? I was very worried, so I wrote to the list, hello girls, what do you think about this? Well, should we do something together? Is this something we could speak up for? 
you know, so I got, first I got a little bit a safe space when it's, it's, it's private, where we can talk and we figured this kind of thing out. Yeah, and then teach and share knowledge. So if you can teach other girls, whenever you see one, I, I already do electronic music with one year old on the iPads really quite well. So <laughs> you, can, you can encourage them, you know, to do it. So that's Definitely. my lesson. So now shut up. <laughs> so do you feel like media has treated you differently nowadays than, I don't know, 10 years ago or when you started your um, career? Me? Mm. Mm. Well, I'm. It's more generational, almost. I would say now. You know, it's like, like, I'm like whatever middle age. That's also something really strange. There's not many role models of that. You know, so um, I'm figuring out my middle ageism <laughs> <laughs> right now. It's totally pathetic, but it's really true. I'm thinking like, oh, can I go with 45 and a cap? to Berghain and, you know, feel myself. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know I do. I know, but yeah. it's still, it's, it is, you know, and of course there's even 60-year-olds, but I'm still thinking who I want to be. How do I want to be? I have a child. I'm a mother. I have all these roles which I care very much about. You know, I want to be an amazing mother and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. I think I'm getting into this, like, I'm a little bit the older one now. That has changed when you ask me what changed. So that's kind of interesting thing. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing anyway my own thing. So I'm not really commercial anywhere, you know. I'm doing projects and um, I have worked more as a curator also lately. So, But I also have a new record coming, so check it out. <laughs> and I'm playing. <laughs> I want to I wanna compete with all that other new girls coming up yeah. <laughs> and want to show who's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking, that's Nicki Minaj talking. <laughs> she, she has encouraged me sometimes really a lot, you know, thinking like, I don't know, it's just that kind of like self-confidence game, you know? It's also something which is so important that you have to have the confidence to do it, which is something you grow up naturally with, kind of, yeah, you know? Maybe. You know these guys yeah. do this forever. And we still have to a little bit get that for us, mm. like, mm. you know, how to be us and whatever. Mm. Do you guys have anything to add here, like, um, about um, media visibility or, like, how it's been affecting? I think, like, one the thing that pops to my head is, you know, resident advisor and Nikki, um, what's her name? That, um, Nina Kravitz, also. <laughs> <laughs> Nina Kravitz uh, did the Between the Beats mm -hmm. video and it was her, Seth Troxer had one and Martina's brothers had one and she got slammed for being in the bathroom, yeah, like yeah, being yeah. in the bath and mm -hmm. there's one side of it that where you're like, she should be free to do what she wants, like Seth Troxer was walking around just with boxes on, no one said anything about yeah. him, you know, like what, you know, it's double standard but then at the same time you the other side of me feels like, oh gosh, yeah, it's that sex thing, like why, if only she shouldn't, you know, she does sell it a little bit, but at the same time she should be free to, and why should we judge her? Mm. But um, I think that like, you know, in the top RA 100 DJs, she was like number 19, uh, and the it was like the only woman, and then you have Cassie and Steffi on there, and Nicole Moldova on 99, and it's ridiculous. And I think, you know, obviously we're talking about women, but I also find 
the same thing of minorities of you know being oh, a black so female yeah. I, I don't know any black female DJs in the field that I'm and so interested many, you know? in yeah. really but, uh, but the level that you think mm. okay I can mm. follow their story I mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. be admired by them and you know there isn't really any so it's just but but yeah I think the portrayal and you know you see she did a BBC Nina Kravitz did a BBC one radio um, show her first show and the comments underneath the Facebook page were terrible oh it's crap mix it's all this I said if this was Dixon the the comments would be completely different and I listened to it and it was great it was experimental it was very her like acid and I just think that like the the tragedy is is that um, especially you hear it more from men is that you have this like some people love her or hate her just because you know she's only there because she's pretty or no she's only there because she went out with Ben Klopp or you know I'm talking about her a lot but she's the main visible person within mm. you know techno and stuff she's so, awesome you know yeah, she's yeah. absolutely awesome yeah and good for her yeah, exactly. you know like yeah. whatever she wants to do it's amazing she's amazing yeah but the sexism is a total different thing you know what you're mm. talking now the mm. comments I mean that's when you have fame mm. for instance <laughs> That's the Nicki Minaj mix. I want to show you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only her raps. We cut all the cheesy choruses out. It's super, cool, super cool mix. But um, yeah, the sexism is the other thing. That's a different total. I mean, mm. we didn't come to discuss this here. No. And it's. I think it's not so much. It's not so extreme in electronic music. I feel. I don't know. I feel. No. But um, what do you think? Mm. I, it's it's there, but it's not it's so. It I think yeah. Sound checks. Mm, yeah, sound checks. Yeah, sound checks are bad. <laughs> but um, I have one YouTube YouTube comment about my ass ever in a 25 year career. That's not so bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> not so bad. Yeah. So you know, I was people have respected that a little bit more. I feel. Could you please? I'm interested in hearing what like what about sound checks. <laughs> No, I don't know. In my case, it has come sometimes from how I manipulate my gear or how long I connect my cables. So they're expecting for you to do it faster and... No, not faster, but uh, they want to generate a discussion that doesn't make sense. It's not relevant, I mean. If I'm doing what I'm doing, it's because I believe it's correct to me. Yeah. And then if I come there, I don't want to have a lesson. Mm how to connect stuff, or how should I do it, or, or how does it sound better? Of course. I think that's quite interesting that there's a little bit too much focus to things that are not really relevant, even when you're talking about feminism, there's so much talk about feminism, but not actually so much focus on what it's supposed to transist, or, you know, like, the same with, with women in music, I feel... When even when we were talking about school and there was a lot of discussion about like girls in the school and so on, and and how can we make like more girls come to school and educate themselves? But it's it's, it's sometimes there's not enough like focus on just cherishing the female. Like I think there's a lot of female vibes not only among women but there's also like I don't know it sounds maybe a little bit strange but female within male we can also encourage like the female spirit within the guys it does not necessarily have to mean that we will it, it's it's only like when girls come into school that it becomes more female i think it's just the cherishing the female and and bringing the focus on the vibe and not only like just you know putting things in the boxes and 
yeah, there's, it, it'd be nice sometimes to bring more focus to actually essentials and when you don't have to, you know, explain yourself and excuse yourself, you can just, you know, do it and bring focus to what you do actually. And yeah, just, I was just thinking about when you were talking about like, But what do you think is the female? I'm actually not so sure what that what it really is, you know, like. Oh, that's that's I think very dependent. Yeah. So so it's what what is it actually? <laughs> you know what is it? the female beside like the physical? You know. iPhones have don't have this anymore. It's it's soundtracks at all. Like actually quite helpful people and super professional. Nothing. Mm -hmm. It used to be like this ten yeah. years ago, but it's no, not anymore. Definitely, it mm -hmm. depends. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I still have it sometimes. But what I had in the beginning, I was always the singer. They never mm. thought I would produce. Yeah. Yeah. So I would tour with other men and there was always the singer. That that was also why I started mm. to make solo music because I was like, yeah. I'm a producer. I master my shit. I know what I'm doing and I want to have my credits for that. Seriously. Mm. I was like, I'm going to make solo music and I'm saying everything. You can check on my records. <laughs> All perfor like performance, <laughs> produced, master. You know, I just yeah. had to say it. I don't know. It was important to me that... I'm in control, it's my gear, it's my product, it's my shit, mm -hmm. and I have co entire control. And it's not always good for me to even do that, you know, sometimes. I think it's so strange yeah. that uh, sometimes we're put in a position that we have to kind of <clears throat> explain ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we, come on guys, we're doing this, we're doing this, like why do we have to name it like every part and like do do a solo album so that people would actually like understand that we are doing something there mm -hmm. but anyway so um the time is running out but there is still a lot of time for uh open discussion so like if any questions came into your mind just don't hesitate to ask and yeah if you have some something to add hey and how you felt there as a, <laughs> as, a as the only guy sitting on the couch no, no not threatened or uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything at all no I just yeah I don't feel I maybe hadn't quite a lot to bring to the debate uh, all the time but um, maybe uh, another point of view sometimes I don't know you tell me <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's maybe some um, like how we sometimes feel also like there's a question back there too mm -hmm. oh yeah I, I I just need to, to add that there is uh, one awesome grime girl from the UK mm -hmm. uh, that I've been producing a few albums and she's called Linus. I know Linus, sure. Yeah. But she doesn't have an album yet, no? Yeah, two. two. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, Lady Le Jour also has an album. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. there's a few, unique. but like you know, there's a few girls I really like. Roxane, for instance. Yeah. She has yeah. no album. Yeah, that's. I don't understand, and there's like a bunch more now. Nole, she's not going for it, just a few singles. I know at least 10, and they're like there forever, and they don't have albums. It's like they really also, I don't know how they how they handle this. There was just like a few years ago, Miss Dynamite made this like female power mm -hmm. uh, yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. where she had all with, those rappers. With, uh, uh, yeah, mix, mix of them. Also. Yeah, and there's actually also there's a CD released which is badly mastered and there's all these girls <laughs> rapping but it's, they don't have solo albums so they don't get get deals obviously mm -hmm. and grime is difficult because they all don't really want to have deals also so it's mm -hmm. just started lately to be more you know since drake picked them up or something but um 
Like women do, that they are more focused on the on the process than the final product. Because you know that I, I would like to destroy this myth. There is like no male, no female. It's more like what society told you, what the female does, and uh, what the male does. And uh, like I was just on a, a big presentation of my company, and there was a woman encouraging the woman to be powerful in the process, and she took only the positive prejudice and she pushed it up. And we were like, seriously? Mm. So, you know, like, it's, uh, but I, I personally feel like I also didn't finish in my 10 years any, any proper thing because I'm not interested in it. Mm. I'm like, I'm really interested in process and I, I want to feel it bubble and grow around me. And, you know, it takes time and it goes. But I know from the other perspective of the history, the visibility and everything, it's really necessary. So there are like two streams. One is like, you know, be in present and do everything now, and it's endless. I call endless remix. You know, which is like process again. And then I think this is more an artistic choice. Actually, this is not a female thing exa at all. Exactly. Exactly. I made thirty uh, records. Like, who needs them? But like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, I made them, so I don't care uh -huh. because that's a, that's my artwork. It's like a painting. This mm -hmm. is my album. So of that time, and sometimes it's really bad, and sometimes it's okay, and stuff like that. That's also something maybe for women. Um, to just put stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to just put it out there. I mean, there's nothing. It's it's. I when I'm frustrated, I work on music, and you know what? It has been amazing because I put this frustration into my work, and that's nobody can take this away from me. I have that piece of work afterwards, yeah. and that's. If my boyfriend doesn't want to hang out with me or is, you know, we have a fight, I don't care. I go and make music and I have a piece of music afterwards. And it's so strong to have it for that reason that I just produced more work. And nobody is able to ever take this away from me. And this is how I've been seeing this. And um, it has been really a good ride like that. And even I sometimes, you know, think maybe that work wasn't so strong or there I went a path I don't don't think I was so, you know, it wasn't the right path to go or another year, maybe I was, I was a little bit lazy there, I could have worked harder on that bit, you know, I just put it out. Well, you know, then you have, Picasso made 90,000 artworks. 90, yeah, 90,000 artworks. And that's like uh, Lil Wayne or something. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's also made 90,000 artworks. <laughs> but you know, that's a you don't have to have this attitude. And you have this artistic decision, remix is a remix. This is your work. That's an artistic decision. Mm -hmm. It's great. Great idea, Just actually. Go, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Never stops. You know, whatever you want to do. But I think mm. also it's a good idea to put stuff out. And then you have to deal with... That's why I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you have that. to. When I first made loud records, German electronic music, 
<laughs> it was terrible. Do you remember that? Anybody knows that stuff? I've listened to that stuff. Yeah. Oh. And I think it's, it's not really, so bad. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And that stuff is. I think I'm totally behind. Especially it. in that time. Yeah, in that time it was. It is now still totally like fresh. I think and some stuff at least. I think it's cool stuff. And I was super brave, but I got beaten up. You know. Also Do by you... people, by men, by it was. In what way? Well, it was also the time in electronic music. Now everybody has vocals and everybody sings and everybody has emotions. And as more emotions, <laughs> our part is better, right? But back then, electronic music was not about emotions. Idly non, idly, you know. And I was an emotional woman singing on tech, techno, not really techno, it was more like broken beats, but, you know. So people didn't like that too much, at least in Germany. I don't think it was ever recognized here well, <laughs> like, you know, like in terms of also, it's fine. I made an international career out of this. I'm not regretting, but I'm just saying I got beaten up for an original idea. Not many people have done back then. There was a few. And still, I don't know if there are German. Is anybody German here, actually? What? <laughs> oh, dude. oh, my God, that's funny. So anyway, I'm just saying sometimes you have to go for the thing that hurts most. Hmm. See? I mean... So why do you think that there are not that many women, as you would expect it, since they make music, won't release it in the album like that? Won't release an album? Because I was just thinking about it as, as you kept talking. And isn't it connected to a kind of a self-doubt? Like Lenka, she makes like internal remix of the things, and I mean, I've seen many of her shows as I come out, and a few shows as here too, and I can see that the music evolves, but I can also see that as I come out, she kind of played like all the times the same song, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're always evolving, but you never put them out because I don't know because you feel like how you are now, you were in five years ago, and maybe if you would be looking at the album that you released five years ago, you would feel, you know, like it's, it's not uh, good anymore. Honestly, yeah, uh, honestly I couldn't and put it out into the final photo just because it was not perfect. Right. And it's I, also I, a character trait, yeah. actually. There is perfectionist people. Yeah. I, I, I just, I didn't mm. want to stabilize it because then what? It's over? And I have to say goodbye to my song? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, so, like, <laughs> also, like, I think it's complicated character, also like looking mm. at the production and uh, but this is like a complete, this is not even woman, man, it's no. yeah, artists, it's, it's sensitive people, let's say, you mm. know, like we are both. But uh, yeah. Mm. You have given some great <laughs> advices to us ladies today. Um, is there like any last advice you would give for especially us who are studying now here? Be nice to the boys too. <laughs> All right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. My never said I was No. Okay. Um, also, like uh, something that interests me. We had this discussion before, before this panel or dialogue, was that actually like um, talking with guys. I don't think like. A lot of guys would say no for working with girls. Like, the, it would be nice, no? That it would be like half and half or something. It's not no, like a terrible thing to work no. with ladies, no? <laughs> no, it would be great. So like, uh, I've tried to produce a few times men. They actually came to me and wanted me to produce their work. Because I've been a producer, I produced a few people's work. They never, they never could handle it. 
<laughs> it never came out. It always gets broken down in the process. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. interesting. And maybe it's going to happen mm. one day, but... Um, maybe it's still, yeah, you still need to try until yeah, it's yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah. to no, happen. No, no. I mean, it's a good example to show people. Oh. And that's also 10 years ago. It was yeah, an, yeah. it was a while ago, so mm. it's maybe different. But I remember that, that I was like, I've produced women and I've produced men and they were never, you know, they, they, it was interesting. It, there is something. Some mm. other p- woman just said something really interesting. Oh, I forgot now. It was amazing. I forgot it. It was related to this, um, to um, actually the powerful female. Which Wasn't is some, it the article about Courtney Love? It was about this professor. Oh, because you know, it was a similar article and it was kind of looking into why is she so hated throughout her career. Who? Courtney Love is not oh, a Courtney Love. Ah, yeah, no, but, I haven't you know, read that. She is so special and she never apologized for anything she has done, pretty much, maybe. Or she did in, in her moments, but she was not the apologetical kind of person. She kind of always felt comfortable with herself doing whatever she was doing. Um, she was also kind of weird because she was one of the few, like, the frontman of one, like, one of the few bands that got Emmy for Grunge music, but mm. she was always the second person standing like behind her dead husband. You know, she mm. never got the recognition, and she like I think there it goes about a lot of guys, especially or even girls, who are looking at her like something weird and something that that she should be apologizing for herself or just not be because she's like too old. She's just too strong, and woman. She's yeah. a slut. Described, so I thought it was interesting as well. Yeah, no, totally. That she was understanding too much. But it was actually it was something different field, and I think electronic music is no different to the rest of the world. And everything, it's like the same Mm. architect. I mean, when I made the visibility block, architects came to me and said, "Can you make this for architects?" (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Make it!" You know, they all is everywhere. So it's just another. It's a society, and as uh, and. Lately, there has been a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. also in America happening, mm-hmm. you know, in Hollywood and stuff. So it's always good when they do something because they're so influential. But um, that's not where we are at. But still, I think this professor was interesting because she said something about she's teaching, you know, as a very as a um, authority in a huge university to men and and women. And she said that she has still problems with being accepted as a strong the strong female like that the male students even have prop they can't really they can't really figure out what she is mm-hmm. is she a mother figure or is she hot you know do i want to like they 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 can't really it's mm-hmm. it's a very male i don't know i'm not everybody seriously but like i think there is a lot of like and that goes back to role models that females have to be this or that or that and yeah. they can be a slut like like mm. Mm. You know, or they can be this this crazy girl like Björk, or they can yeah. be that. But that's why I say let's be everything. Let's just mm. be us, and everybody of us is different, right? And and then they're gonna get used to it. But that was interesting that she even said, even as a professor for long standing, I see these young students struggle how to look at me. You know, they have not enough. They don't really know how to respect me. And, and some want to sleep with her, and some want to, you know, have motherly advice, and want to be, you know, she. This was so, it was such an interesting thing mm-hmm. to read. 
um, which is completely, I mean, I'm talking mm -hmm. but half bullshit, the, but I'm just saying, I'm just talking off my chest, so it's but nothing profound. Now you, you mean the professor, she was like expressing this about the male students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only the male yeah, students? Yeah, yeah, only the male students. She was saying that she, there was, I have to find it back and actually put it up somewhere. It was so interesting. But I think uh, the question <coughs> I have is the DBS student makeup. I feel like in my class there's only three of us girls. And the film program has a lot more females as well. And film historically doesn't, you know, well, Catherine Bigelow was the first female director to win um, for um, Hurt Locker. But it's just interesting how, like, in music still there isn't that much female representation of electronic music, even though you see things like cinema and no, TV, like, changing. But there is so many women more. producing in yeah. their bedrooms. I think there is so many women producing in their bedrooms. We cannot even imagine. Mm. But um, why are they not at the school? This is something mm. the school should ask, and that's what you're asking, and that's everything, you know? <laughs> this is really important. Mm. And this is, this is going to change it, because in three years you're going to have girls here. Because you're making just, an just effort. Just to give a bit of information, like we've been trying to push growing the, or, or, or getting more of a gender balance over the last 15 years. Mm. And it's bloody hard. Mm. And, and I totally believe we'll get there one day, so I've not given yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But it's really hard. And one of the hardest things, we've, we've always assumed that one of the things we need to have, you talk about role models, and we need to have teachers. Female teachers. teachers. That's yes. what I said to, the, to you earlier. You need yeah. female teachers. how much effort we put into trying to find some. I'm the only, <laughs> I'm the only female tutor. Yeah. I want to be a teacher. Mm. <laughs> 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 I want a job. Yeah. Give me a job. Not for president. No, seriously, I told you to. Wherever I go and teach and make workshops and I make a, a lot, there's yeah. always girls. They come. Mm. There's boys too, but there's girls. Sure. I think it's so, maybe easier to come to a class or a workshop if you know. The person who is gonna like run it is gonna be a female, so it's a little bit more. No, no, no. In this case, it's Antje. She's cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's it it's is because I'm female. <laughs> oh yeah, it yeah. is about that. I guess, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's also a wrong way to look at things because you're just looping into the same loophole we've been throughout our entire life, looking at gender, and you're just encouraging that. So I think that's not necessarily the right way to go. Mm. It's more the way to go is looking at music as art and not a gender, not like a female or male projecting it. Same with teachers. So I, I don't agree exactly with what you're saying. You but know, the reality like, is, yeah. you know, reality is like that. I agree with you too. When I, I come from East Germany, for me, I was raised by feminists. You know, Clara Zetkin was my hero when I was five years old. I grew up like not even thinking about women and men. But I don't know, in the beginning of 2000s, I, I, I really gave up on this. I was like, I cannot anymore be silent and do behave like nothing is, is weird. Because it's crazily weird. I was like, I was exactly thinking like you for so long. All my mm -hmm. friends around me were feminists, and I was like, eh, me too. I'm playing. Yeah, yeah I don't you know, care. I'm on shows. Mm -hmm. I can make it. Mm -hmm. But then I don't know. It it. I you thought I thought like you so long. You and it actually activates you to do something. If the injustice is happening to you, mm. you always find the excuse how to push it somewhere else, or mm, you don't care. But when you see it around and you see the global kind of like effect. Then for me, it was the, the reason why I joined the female pressure because I was like, yeah, they are right. And you know what? Like, I don't care. I never had issues about No, but me. she is right. She yeah. is actually right. But we are not there. 
It's the not idea, like that. Yeah, exactly. That's why we what you say and, yeah. is the ideal. That's the goal. That's where we want to go. We want to just talk about the art. Especially, sorry for interrupting, in societies, uh, I came from Colombia, so this is with me. Mm -hmm. We don't really have this uh, kind of perspective of that being a woman is so normal in the entertainment industry. Mm. Um, from our point of view, I would say, if Sebas agree with me, because he grew up pretty much with the same rules, from the very first moment that you're a woman, you were born a woman, people would assume, even other females, that you're less capable, immediately. I mean, you don't even have to say it, or be incompetent, or be anything. They will just look at you and tell you, I'm sorry, do you need help with that? Are you okay? Do you know what that cable does? They see me with a huge rack of pedals for the guitar, and I'm sorry, should I help you to connect them? <laughs> no, I mean, thank you, but no. So, that also has like turned us down a lot, because it makes us less confident. So a woman that wants to succeed in somehow, she sees all of these examples around of society where women basically grows up, find a good husband, follows a career, get married, have kids, all of these things. We don't have that much space for art and for these kind of manifestations. They exist, obviously, they are rising, which is great. But the normal society, the normal Latin society is not built up on those bases, on those feminist um, Kind of thinking. I think no it's a very, is. it's a very conservative way of yeah. thinking. A pretty straightforward of what you, you're supposed to do with your life. So I used to work at a record label actually, and when I got there, it was because of an initiative of the company. They say we need inclusion. We don't have young young females working for us. They only have two or three females of, out of a 20 people company, and it was because they would been there for 20 years and they couldn't fire them. Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it would, it would be too expensive for the company to fire at 20 years. Um, so I got there and, and I went to an, a, a process, an interview process with other females. And what I found at the end when I got the job, it was that people were really, like in the company, were really disappointing about this, the lack of confidence of this, like in general, of us. Because we just get there and feel kind of intimidated. I'm a woman, this is full of guys professional uh, technologies guys who know very good what I'm doing, but hell no, we know what we're doing too. I mean, the fact that we are not uh, walking into a room and everyone would assume that we automatically know some things, it doesn't make us less, it doesn't make us uh, not knowing those things, we know them. It's just, I think, a matter of trying to bring that wall that builds up when you meet someone and they look at you and, okay, you're a girl, you probably don't have that much idea what you're talking about. No, it's not true. Mm. Because you wouldn't question a guy. You mm. know, you met a guy and he tells you, I'm a sound engineer. And you will say, okay, cool. Yeah. Then you met a, I'm a, I'm a sound engineer. Really? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, they get super it's surprised and then like they that. start questioning and is, themselves. And, yeah. oh, is, it, is it real? Yeah. Like, she really knows what she's talking about? Or she's just really waffling and... And this is like the environment question again. Like yeah. you're totally right in your like um, view on world and. But yeah, here it's easy. Here for me it's easy. I don't feel that problem here. But there, there is like what you're saying. Like we can just see it in our students, right? Like so many guys from Italy. How many girls do we have from Italy? Mm. Right. I thought we have one. 
<laughs> it's like a uh, cultural background does always one. Da, has I tell a you, lot to do with this. Um, for example, I feel also in Colombia it's mostly women who are trying to perpetuate this role, sort of like saying, "Oh my yeah, God, she yeah. is actually doing that." No, which no, is no. Very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go to Asia. Go anywhere. I mean, Middle Be East. Like go to Africa. I mean. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's a long path to what you want, what, what you think is. Yeah, you can. You're right. You should assume the best. But I was like thinking like you for a long time, and I I, I changed my mind. There's I thought I have to go and fight for this. I didn't. I mean, I. That's fine. I've been in the situation when I was in the army. I was surrounded by men, and my job I was replacing a male guy, and I had to talk to like supervisors, like 40, 50 years old, and like I'm a female. And yeah, it took me like half a year to get the respect, but I got it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you just kind of like differentiate yourself in that situation, you look at yourself as a person, other people will do as well. So sure, I you're right. It's easier, easier instead of but why is there no girls in the school, like you know? Why is there no girls in the school? That's it's, the question. It's the same. It's like you need to understand that these things take time, but don't discourage yourself. You know, no, we don't. We are, we are doing exactly what you did. We try to prove ourselves, you know? There's so a, we are there's the same kind of way. Yeah, but she's saying we don't have to talk about gender. But I, 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 mm -hmm. I respect your point of view. I understand mm -hmm. it. I have thought for many years like that. But I'm right now talking about gender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the base of it. There's a turn here. Okay, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely true that there are very many areas in the world where it's even worse than here. But uh, last year there was uh, the Heroines of Sound Festival and there was also a panel. And in the end, Molo Shelda said, yeah, she knows a lot of uh, female producers, even uh, like uh, older ones. And they, they just don't release their stuff because they are they're sure that it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I was really like, oh no. This can't be. It's, it's like internalized. You are less. Uh, you're just less capable. Mm -hmm. And that is how uh, women and uh, kids are raised. You know. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who are raised the same way. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there also not putting their stuff out, thinking. Yeah, that you're mm -hmm. right, but uh, it's a, a lot worse uh, mm -hmm. with women. I, I don't know many. Producers say, "Oh no, uh, don't even put something on SoundCloud. I'm, I'm convinced it's not good enough." I mean, there's so, so much crappy music in but the world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't dare yeah. to just put it on SoundCloud. It's like a catch twenty-two. You don't do it unless you see someone do it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Is it like that? They are okay. We are all afraid to put it out to, uh, you know, take back the feedback. Yeah. But if, as I am a white male. I see so many road models, yeah, so we succeeded, so this makes me yeah, go do it, out. Do it, yeah. If I don't see yeah. anything I can rely to, I yeah. can identify, I don't have any motivation, any help, yeah, any push. Yeah. So I see that I regularly, everybody has the... the you the, have to go and yeah. I regularly. I also have the alternative, I see a lot of shit out there being released. Yeah, I can do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely, I think there's a big part, yeah, what you're saying, like, self-esteem, like, we, I think, uh, especially as a female, like, in hip-hop, like, when I came here, I was like, yeah, like, I rap, you know, and some, so I was, like, looking again to the studio with a bunch of guys, and, um, and there was this one session where it was like, oh, okay, you rap, great, like, all right, go, like, freestyle, and I'm like, well, um, 
like my process is more to I, I like to hear a beat and and like write to it and and come up with like a more uh, solid idea, a story like you're telling mm -hmm. storytelling and it it, it took maybe like takes me a little longer than what this guy was expecting and that makes me question myself like Woof damn like am I a rapper like can I do this is this how I'm supposed to do this like just show up and like off the top be amazing and I think that 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 it's a self-esteem thing and it's like when I tell myself no you're good like whatever like just yeah. because you, you can't think, just throw it down you think that you have to justify yourself but that's that's exactly that's what my, I'm saying that's like my question but to all your of boys you do that too why do we think that we have to justify ourselves right mm. right is that just do it? <laughs> right is that yeah yeah Yeah, no, just do it. That's you, about the idea earlier, talking about gender, not talking about it. I mean, like feminism. People, uh, you have people uh, that are against, uh, people that are for. You would never hear about the idea of masculinism. I mean, the idea is absurd because, like, obviously, male people in society have have. Uh, uh, taken maybe all the good spots and have all the nice expositions etc so I'm, I mean it feels like relevant to me to talk about gender because it seems like there is uh, this gender issue so it's to I think so too also I know actually a few artists male artists who, who actually work with also the gender question It's also just, it could be an artistic decision, right? You can either ignore it and never, I mean, my, my artist name is not female. You know, like, um, nobody knows what AGF is. My, some, many people ask me, are you girl or boy? You know, I like your music, what are you? So that's, of course, the greatest, yes. Mm -hmm. But um, I know a few men who work with gender a lot, and it's amazing, it's interesting how they question masculinity, how they question their voice, their body. You know what they're supposed to be there's so much room for you guys to talk this to and i think it's happening right yeah so um it's just it's just a discussion we have to do and it's great that you guys listen uh, seriously i mean not many men listen <laughs> and get very afraid and annoyed and aggressive and of course there's all this like gamer gate you know then that very bad end of of um the anonymous internet like mm -hmm. trolling mm -hmm. women and stuff so I don't think this is so much happening to us, but yeah, put stuff out, get as much like get, get a crew. Mm -hmm. To 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 get yeah. yeah. I work alone a lot, and actually I like it. Um, I have just released two tracks last week. Nobody ever heard ever before, and I released them bang. You know, it's kind of fucking risky. It's a play with me, with myself. Can I do this? Um, do I stand behind what I really do? I didn't even play it to my husband or something. I played it to my daughter. But you know, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know? Mm. It's out there. It's my painting of the day. So if you somebody just have time to make... Yeah, if somebody doesn't like it, it's, it's, it's not really my problem. Does anybody else have any questions or something to add to the discussion? I do have something else to add. Mm -hmm. I feel that actually, um, I feel that this is a new thing, it's growing. I feel that there is an interest in feminism from males. I'm feeling this more, I, I recognize it in my students. Um, it does feel, it does feel new, I think. 
I had young boys from UK, 18, 20 years old, asking if, they, if I could connect them to Elian Radik, this old um, composer. It was amazing. They backed me if, because I know her, if I could introduce them so they could go and interview her. And cool. so cool. It was mm. really nice. And um, maybe, it, maybe it's getting really better. I really hope yeah, so. The other side that though I sometimes feel lately that I, I know I hear more guys identify with the word feminist than I do women. I've heard a lot of women who, people that I know that I've met in my life, maybe not close to me, but who've backed away from the title of feminist mm -hmm. and don't like it anymore. But more guys that like will say openly, I'm a feminist. I, mm. and I, 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 I also feel that the opening again, again after the waves in nineties, the mm. wave of the feminism, is almost also a little bit striking the issues of the minorities in global. Mm. So, you know, like the, the women started to speak up, the, the percentage 8 versus 92, and it's not about only the feminism itself, it's just about the minority and the diversity, and then, okay, the people of color, then the people of, uh, let's say, some genres which are not like the mainstream, and so, so I think, like, yeah, everything needs to be just mixed. Mm. And I also feel, like, a little bit positive, yeah, mm. yeah. So it's, it's the change is probably coming, like, uh, globally, hopefully. Yeah, it's inevitable, but there's also lots of hate, mm -hmm. lots of incredible sexism, mm. like, which is more obvious these days, you know, mm. like, it's just, I'm sure it has been there ever, but now they, it's actually, you can read it on the internet, like, all the time. But I think one nice thing is, like, you will, you will find out that you are over when it starts to be funny to you. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, now it's well. maybe not time, but then you will be like, really? Still? Yeah. <laughs> then you are personally over and you don't get mad. No, but women get really threatened, like for real. Mm -hmm. yeah, and also right now there is a lot of women's slavery and rape, uh, you know, all mm -hmm. that stuff is happening all the time. So um, it's, it, you know. Yeah, I'm still speaking through my eyes of yeah. living in a beautiful, peaceful city yeah. in the middle of Europe. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's happening here too. And I'm know? happy for, for that, mm -hmm. that I am so privileged to live in mm -hmm. peace, in a beautiful country, with money, with friends, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are like. The global support, that's kind of like where we need to go, probably everybody. So if anybody hasn't got any more questions, one more <laughs> question. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of times there's been a mention of like justifying yourselves. Yeah. And I wonder, um, <clears throat> is it, I don't know if uh, the examples that were stated were mostly like justifying yourselves to a man, um, but I wonder if like, Maybe that dynamic could be changed in the fact that maybe women should be asking men more questions about what they're doing. And if you think that might be an effective way to sort of <laughs> have everyone oh, reassess where we're all at. If you have a guy, like the sound engineer, you should be coming to him like, I'm sure you do it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Don't try it. I'm going to try Let me tune that guitar for you. <laughs> I, I, have, I have one, you know, I still have this, the guy in just music, when he told me it's not possible, and I got home, and after three hours of Googling, I found two or maybe even yeah, two different options how to resolve that problem, yeah. he told me no, yeah. it's not possible. You don't know of how to, no. you don't understand. 
I still have it in my mind. The ones I don't go back. Because one of the things that you suggested to the guy was actually right. Yeah, 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 and he said me, no, no, yeah. this is not, no, no. Yeah, no, this stuff happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, but it really... Yeah. Mm. But maybe just to just close this whole debate, like when Lenka invited me to come There's over, one more hand raised. It, oh, sorry. Sorry. Mm. It doesn't have to be the closing one, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to the question of why are not more girls studying at the school, I was, like, thinking, like, asking myself, why don't I, for example, you know, because I'm person who happens to be female, so maybe it's not like a female, female voice, but just a, like from my personal point of view, because there are times in Berlin, like when, you know, sometimes like it's going well and sometimes it's going pretty bad, and I was thinking, okay, I'm not going anywhere right now, maybe I should just, you know, educate myself in something I love doing, and maybe this could be the way I could go, you know, especially after I ditched the corporate job, it was like sucking a, a life out of me. But then I was like checking it out, and there were several things that that were a problem for me to I don't know like find I don't know a lesson say it doesn't have to be a proper school because I think school is great for type of people who don't have such discipline and you know who who see like this world of electronic music production is so huge that you don't even know where to start and then you start and you fail and you don't know what like you don't know the next step because you don't have the intuition for it or something I don't know and then you're you know. I, I don't know what to do. I would need somebody to tell me, like to to, to open the door for me, all the different doors. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking, you know, this is such an investment, and it's the self doubt. I don't know if I would would like to do this kind of thing in two years, you know, or genre of whatever. So does it even make sense to put the energy and uh, you know, it's also a lot of money. So it's also an investment in time, several years. So those were those things. Like for my and it's really those were the things that sorry, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. might be that money comes never back to, to you know. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. yeah. that the profession is not not a money profession actually. I mean, no. especially now more and more people do it. It's it's the competition is insane. Mm. Mm. It's tough. And you know. But it's anyway maybe no profession is for sure. But I don't know. Well, the profession I do is not much better right now, it's music journalism, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but, it's yeah. always, me, like, if it doesn't make sense to invest, like, just for the future, invest for yourself only. Yeah, I mean, if you're sure about it, yeah. then I think it's the most amazing thing, because in the long term, I don't know, in the long term, like, a process, the investment that you do for the school or for some education or for gear that you buy, I think, like, in several years, the stuff that you do, that can do with it or can do with the knowledge, it's going to, like, go much more up when you invest first. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I also was thinking, when I taught these young girls now, the kids, you know, I'm teaching them electronic <coughs> music on a very low level, but I'm teaching. And uh, they just play, and I help them a little bit, and show them how the IMPC works, and how they make their own beat out of farts, or whatever they want to do. <laughs> so, um, working with those girls, I was actually thinking, I don't necessarily want them to become musicians, because this is a kind of breadless, you know, we need scientists, we need, act, like, we need politicians even. Like, but teaching them to make music is actually something incredible, creative, conf confidence building. Mm -hmm. It is... Um, and we make shows, you know, people clap and they're like the boss after and it's like 
it's not necessarily only becoming a musician because musician is I think it's a privilege frankly you know like it's 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 amazing when you can do it but it's not really a profession I don't know and I, okay I want to wrap this up now I'm, I'm gonna wrap this up uh, with something that came into my mind um, uh, I was in this bar and I asked I uh, came in a discussion with this guy from Malaysia and he was saying that he's a doctor and I was like, ooh, nice. And he was asking what you do and I was like, oh, well, music. And he was like, oh, nice. And I was like, yeah, cool, but yeah. And you help the world and you help people. And he was like, yeah, but you inspire us to do mm. this, what yeah. we're doing. Mm. So we're maybe doing some something, right? Yeah. Anyway, hey, um, thank you for AG and Lena from Female Pressure. And thank you, yes, everyone thank you who were in the discussion and you guys. So thank you. Thank you.